Hello, and welcome to the Mass Singer Rehap-Ups podcast. Uh, we're here today to talk a little bit more Mass Singer. There were special guests, there were interesting decisions made, we'll talk about all of them. I am your host, Puya, the Skillets, and McKeely, and with me, of course, is Liana, the Avocado, Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm happy to be talking about the Mass Singer. Um, I'm happy I don't have to talk about Survivor yet. Um, so uh, we're just going to talk about the Mass Singer and deal with that later. Uh, but yes, I'm very happy to um, discuss the backup dancers, which I thought were really just insane. The stupid clue packages and one of the stupidest clues I've ever heard in my freaking entire life in the unmasking. But we will get to that later. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, despite there not being a lot to unpack, if that makes sense. But we're here to talk through all of it. And as always, I'm always happy to be here and talk about the nonsense that is this show. So without any further ado, let's talk about the uh, most uh, okay, mediocre host, okay host, good host. I don't know. But here comes Nick Cannon. And Liana, Nick Cannon is dressed the exact same as episode five, which had the (laughs) same batch of performers, which kind of leads me to believe, did they record them in the same day or did he just dress the same again? I mean, I would think that they would have recorded them in the same day. But then even like, could no one think to bring a change of clothes for him? My other <laughs> thought is like, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I was like, oh, they're I thought, first of all, I thought I was watching the wrong episode because he was out in the same <laughs> outfit. And then I was like, maybe they just forgot to record an intro for this episode. So they're just kind of like reusing Nick Cannon with maybe some ADR and clever editing. Um, but yeah, apparently Nick Cannon has what, however many outfits, six outfits, and he had to start reusing them. So he went with the uh, CeeLo Green-inspired giant pink overcoat and the mirrored rabbit mask. I think that Nick Cannon, man who owns very expensive diamond shoes, should have a little bit more in his wardrobe, no? This was a little bit of a confusing choice for me. And if it if it is, the fact is, if they are recording them in the same day, I guess then I'm logistically confused of... I guess maybe I'm not because they didn't necessarily say, oh, the Black Widow went out in the last week. So they could just be like, yeah, well, someone else went from that episode and then we record this one right after. So, you know what? It totally makes sense from that perspective. But I still think keep the illusion up, you know, like don't make me figure that out. I think that's bad call on them. Well, I want to go back to the fact that I I forgot the fact that Nick Cannon owns two million dollar diamond shoes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like maybe Stunt. he spent all his money on his shoes and he has no more money. And that's why he borrowed the coat from CeeLo Green. <laughs> <laughs> I very strongly believe that this could be the case. And you know what? I've It's not completely beyond thought that he would have maybe borrowed the mirrored rabbit helmet from one Joey Fatone, who probably made one after his stint on the show last year. And wasn't he there last episode? He showed up to drop off the <laughs> mirror rabbit mask that Nick Cannon was going to wear. It all makes sense. Yeah, and give hot dogs to everyone in the audience, of course. Cater the event. Hot dogs. Hot dogs, yeah. Hot so dogs? speaking of hot dogs, <laughs> speaking of hot dogs, what? Uh, Liana, Wait, I'm sorry, what, did you- what does Joey Fatone have to do with hot dogs? He has the 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 food truck, the hot dog, the Joey Fat ones. Did we talk about right? this? Do, am I supposed to know this? I mean, it was very prevalent from last year because I remember uh, one of the clue packages was like a hot dog cart <laughs> I don't thing. Remember this at all? 
What? I Come don't. On. I is don't it, remember. It was that. Is that really the case, Joey Fatone? Yeah. Can you ch- look that a fact check me? I'm pretty oh, sure. So I remember being like, oh, Joey Fatone's. Okay, first of all, Joey Fatone's hot dog empire, which I feel like might My be a bad. little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> um, these are all. All of these articles are from 2017. Yeah, but they're fat ones. Joey Fatone's fat ones. Oh, yeah. look at him. Oh yeah, he's got like food trucks and stuff. Yeah, I think you were. I think you forgot about this, but I think you knew about this. Oh, the last point. the last time they tweeted though was May 2018. Ooh, Oof. <laughs> <laughs> not good for the business. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, let's put a let's put a pin. Let's put a bun in that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Speaking no, what? <laughs> like a hot dog bun. <laughs> it, but what are you putting a bun in? The bun is the outer, Liana. <laughs> I'm very like, tired. Um, okay, I'll fine. I'll put a hot dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help your case. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. Uh, this is about as bad as uh, what do you think of the Fox's package, which we'll definitely talk about later. Um, but before we get any further, maybe we take a step back because I totally forgot to talk about this. What did you think about the Wild West motif to start the show this week? Oh, yeah, that was super random. Of course, my brain is like, oh, my God, is it a clue? <laughs> it's like, what is it a clue of? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Wild West of singing shows, which no one is saying, but apparently they're just going to go ahead and like claim that. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Definitely people are calling us the Wild West of singing shows, which what does that even mean? I don't know. Like, it's like a face off or... Is it like a duel? They don't even really not- face off, though. I mean, they do that first yeah. episode, but then after that, they're, it's not really. I feel like the voice is more akin to the Wild West of singing shows. Is That's it because true. this... Te- I mean, I guess like their joke was like, oh, this this stage isn't big for the, enough for the five of us. <laughs> well know. worth the joke. Whatever. Well worth the joke to package it like that. I do think they peaked with who sung it i think that's still my favorite way to describe the show from them beyond that anything they've tried is just for me not hit at all grasping at straws or hot dogs as it were (laughs) no okay yeah yes liana yes you are right now to uh put the hot dog in the bun and put the bun in the oven and move on (laughs) let's talk (laughs) okay let's just move on so the fucks Yes. Oh, so, try him. Liana, <laughs> what did you think of the Fox's clue mm. package? Wait, can we talk about, uh, can we talk about Triumph, the insult comic dog coming back? And by oh, yeah, coming back, definitely. I mean just like showing back up in media because I don't know the last time I ever saw Triumph, the insult comic dog on a thing. I think the last time I remember seeing Triumph would have been in one of Eminem's music videos, I think. But I could have seen him after that, too. But yeah, uh, underreported. We did even lead with that. Triumph the Insult Comic Dog is uh, here. And as you would imagine, Triumph has jokes and has roasts. Uh, Yes. Uh, My favorite line of the whole episode was the one about um, Robin Thicke. Um, and I think that was in the that was in the foxes like thing, but uh, we're natural enemies like Robin Thicke and any girl born before two thousand or something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> really stuck it to Robin Thicke there, yeah. And then I, besides that, it was um, he did say Nick Cannon is the biggest man in show business since Ryan Seacrest started saying no to things, which I thought was funny. And after that, it was just a, the roast of Ken Jong. 
from uh, Triumph. Yeah, which I was waiting for some Jenny McCarthy stuff, but apparently that's off limits, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it was, he was fine. It yeah, was I, random. I, <laughs> that for sure. It's very mass singer of them to do. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was nice. Um, it, it's one of those things for me where I didn't think the jokes were like the funniest thing I've ever heard, but it was just different than what we've seen so far. Cause I think of last season we had Joel McHale. Um, and then this season we had Anthony Anderson, but then we had a, 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 a puppet dog thing that is mean and is a bit of a, you know, not a great person or canine. They, you know, they're in a mass singing competition as a judge. So it was kind of like, it kind of fit, even though it shouldn't have. Okay, so the show is getting, like, more ridiculous, I think. And so I can imagine the evolution of the guest. So, like, we start, this is a slippery slope. We start with Triumph, the insult comic dog. Next, we're getting, I don't know, the uh, the hologram of Tupac. Um, <laughs> and then it just, like, I don't know where we go from here. Um, but Lamb who chop. knows what we're going to see. I mean, yeah, my first thought was Kermit. <laughs> Kermit would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Rottweiler, you are the best performer on the show, and I'm rooting for you. Oh, man. So, okay. Now we say what we were going to say. What did you think of the Fox's clue package? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I did a little bit of quick Googling because the biggest thing that stood out to me was that list, the set list. So, it was everybody say, yeah. Sugar Daddy, Cabaret, and You and Me. So those are the four songs that were on the list. So I did a little bit of Googling. Everybody Say Yeah, which is from Kinky Boots. And Wayne Brady was in the cast for a bit of Kinky Boots. Also, Wayne Brady has a song called You and Me. I didn't get so far with the Sugar Daddy and the Cabaret stuff, but there could be a connection there. Although, so the 30-year career is another clue that the Fox gave, but Wayne Brady has like technically only been performing since 1996, which doesn't fit that. So I don't know if that's like, Oh, 30 years and like air quotes or whatever. It's like approximately 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on the clue package. Okay. So to, to discuss further, the careers thing it doesn't specify what career. So since his first job, you could argue like he's had a career. What that doesn't like right? Ah! So it's like the mass that's the mass singer really style for you, Liana. Like that. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I've had a career since I was twenty, and I'm twenty eight, but it doesn't say what career. It's like, oh, are you, is it singing career, acting career? So I could see it totally being something vague like that that they're throwing in. Um, but to further give uh, more clues that lean into Wayne Brady's direction, that I feel like I saw. Um, I'm mostly known for being from a pack of talented fellas. Immediately thought of Who's Line with Colin Mockery, Ryan Stiles, and the rotating fourth spot, which um, he did have Robin Williams in there. Uh, he's guest starred on that show, which links up the Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Robin Williams stuff that was mentioned in the first week that we saw the um, the Fox on. And then the Fox is one in a million. I couldn't decide if that was a deal or no deal thing or that was just me or let's make a deal or that was just me making that what it was yeah i mean 
but th- that's the thing is that like part of this is I always feel like I'm trying to force fit it when there's someone because it's like there's some things that make sense. There's some things that maybe don't make sense. Um, but I mean, I think the best guess that we have right now, which is Wayne Brady makes once we put the clues together, probably fits the best. Um, yeah, but yeah, I would say so, because I think also. Um, which we'll get into more in depth on some other clues that we've been seeing. But we discussed this last week of it seems like there's a lot more red herring throwaway trying to throw us off clues that we're getting. So now that we have a what we think is a decent shot, decent call on some of these, some other clues get ignored, which might be a good thing, considering that they might just be red herrings that are trying to throw us off. Mm. Yeah, I know. Well, so like that's the thing is that trying to decide what's a red herring and what is actually a clue. But I think that's why now that we sort of have the totality of all of these packages thus far, you can sort of go back and look at the older clues. So like, for example, it talked about how the fox was like bullied as a child and something like impacted his bark. And just now I'm reading the Wayne Brady Wikipedia page. And apparently as a child, Wayne Brady struggled with stuttering due to a great deal of anxiety as he felt bullied by other children. So Ah. like that fits. And that was the first clue package where I feel like there's less red herrings because the clue packages can't respond to the judges. Oh, also the other thing, I think the physical clues, like if you physically see something, that's actually a clue because I think that they can't go in and change that, but they can change the voiceover. Or at least that's what I've been noticing because all of the clues that seem to be red herrings are all audio clues. That's true. Yeah. So keep that in mind. No, that's a very good shot because I do feel like in the last couple episodes, the video, if you mute the package mm-hmm. and just watch the video, you will get more clues and more focus on those things as opposed to listening to what they're saying, trying to match them up. Because some of it really doesn't make sense with the video anymore. So I do think that that is a very good point And that should be the way we consume the clues moving forward, because to be honest, I don't think we're getting anything out of the audio at this point. The other thing is, as much as I don't like the physical clues, which we'll get into, I got them. If you're bringing one item, it has to link to you in some way, right? In some way, shape or form. Yeah, but the, clues, so also, the physical clues have been pretty useless. I agree. I mean, I don't oh, I but think, you think to, they're I, real is what you're saying. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of those, right, where it's like, OK, it's a sandwich bag. Yeah. He used to have sandwiches for lunch every day for 20 years. Like, that's what it, that's the kind of clue it's going to be. It's not going to help all that much, but it is factual. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so like the Fox's clue, for example, was a boom box. It's like everybody born before, you know, whatever, like had it like I had a boom box. Is that mean Same. I'm the Fox, you know? <laughs> right. There's the fox is so relatable, Liana. So That's relatable. what they're trying. We're we're all foxes, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so then, talking about the performance, um, the fox performed every little step by Bobby Brown. Um, the entire stage was set up in this like gold chain, gold motif. The fox was wearing what I could only call parachute pants, I believe. The fox can dance, Liana. The fox can dance, and I believe, if I remember correctly, probably the first dance solo we've seen on the mass singer and it was done in great fashion i thought it was a great way to start the show out the gate there was uh, there was vocals there was good performance and there was the background 
At this point, the background dancers fit with what was going on. I'll get into my thoughts on the background dancers later, but I thought this was a very well put all rounder performance to start the show. What did you think? Yeah, I thought this was definitely like you would want to say a performance, right? So this yeah. was quality singing, a lot of great dancing. And the best part is that the singing didn't suffer because of the dancing, which I think is sometimes True. you can see that the biggest thing I will point out here is that the fox had different pants on. Just like you said, they were like some drop crotch parachute pants, gold. It was amazing. I am definitely here for whenever they change their costume to match the song. Mm -hmm. So that's a thumbs up from Liana. Um, <laughs> but that's not what we're here for. I did the think that the singing was um, of high quality. Like I said, the singing didn't suffer with the dancing. And so I thought that that was really good. But I think that the judges gave it higher praise than maybe I would have. And maybe that even makes me think like, oh, I didn't think it was as good. So then when I hear the great praise, I'm like, that wasn't that good. I mean, I'm sure it was amazing and I could never sing like that. Um, but I thought that the judges were way more positive about it than I was, even though I thought it was a really good performance. Right. I do tend to agree with you. I guess the only thing we can cough that up to is being there live. It hit harder than it did mm -hmm. through the TV screen. Right? right. So they maybe the like, especially if that wasn't the order that they wanted it to be like, if the Fox Jamie does come out first and does this performance and kind of livens everybody up, then it's a great feeling, right? Then they're really, really into it. But also it was the first one. So then it's like, well, they have nothing to compare it to, but honestly, every week in my notes, I write judges critique slash guesses for the post performance notes. And then I end up just having the guesses because all the critiques are going to be, you are amazing. You're great loved you i don't really remember the last time we got negative feedback there so i kind of just take those with a grain of salt i'm like what you're gonna say something to appease the performer because at the end of the day they are a celebrity and you're not about to slander them yeah especially after that one time when jenny mccarthy called uh joey fatone fat so then <laughs> <laughs> this so this is where triumph says that they're impressed Dogs and foxes are natural enemies like Robin Thicke. Any, um, enemies like Robin Thicke and any girl born before the 2000s. This is where the slam of the night comes and Robin Thicke gets an L given to him. And then as far as the guesses go, Liana, they are kind of just all doubling down on what they've already said. Robin Thicke said AJ again from the Backstreet Boys. Um, and then Nicole Scherzinger goes with you reminded me of Jamie Foxx, but I think maybe Sterling K. Brown, who is a superhero and has won awards. And then triumph with the joke uh, guess of this uh, round with Lou Dobbs' Fox personality. What do you think of these people that were thrown out there again? Yeah, I mean, the boy band guess is a really good one, I think. Um, you know, you, I think, had the guess of Wayne Brady. And also, we both thought that the thingamajig was Wayne Brady, so he was on True. our mind. Um, so I think we sort of have that little bit of an advantage where we can then go and see if these clues fit. But if it wasn't Wayne Brady, I, I could totally see it being someone who was part of a boy band and so i think actually these guesses are pretty decent uh, you know lou dobbs mm -hmm. aside <laughs> <laughs> oh, good good clarification there yeah i think we benefited from coming into the show with it's wayne brady and then listening to wayne brady stuff before the show even aired because of that one snippet of thingamajig we got so that really helped us land this pretty much with zero context which is kind of nice for us but Boy, those dance moves, you're either a trained dancer or you were in a boy band and had to learn dancing like that because that's kind of how 
boy bands do. <laughs> Except for that one commercial. Do you get that commercial in Canada? The boy band commercial? I think it was, it might have been showing during Big Brother, but it was where there's, it's a bunch of, <laughs> I don't think, okay, so it's, uh, they're, they're at a concert. It's like a dad and they're the kid and the boy band is just standing there and they're not dancing and they're not moving. What is this a commercial for? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't remember that, but it's like there's a oh, there was a song that was stuck in my head, and I can't remember what it is. It was like summer or something. Okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's move on, and we can come back to this. Yeah, if someone finds that finds this video, remembers what Liana's talking about, feel free to share it with both of us so that we can get some context. Because I'm very intrigued by oh, the weird product I that shows boy band. Okay, apparently it's for AT&T wireless TV commercial. Oh. That makes sense also why you wouldn't get it in Canada. Summertime Lover. <laughs> it's oh, a fictional God. number performed by a fictional boy band in an AT&T commercial. The commercial hinges on the premise that a boy band without dancing is quote just okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And then how do they link this to buy our product? (laughs) Because you want like a good, you don't want a self-service provider that's just okay. Ah, okay. And by the way, everybody, AT&T does not sponsor us. This isn't an ad read. This is just us figuring out ridiculous commercials that have aired during Big Brother. (laughs) I think it's during Big Brother. Summertime lover. Okay. All right. And then on that note, Liana, you hit that note. Let's move on. Let's, you know, jump onto a leaf like the ladybug and talk about the ladybug's clue package, Liana. What did you think of this? Okay, so this is where it hit me. And part of it also was then knowing uh, the result at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh. Okay, so this is where it like hit me with the physical clues I think are actually the most important, like what you, you see. Okay, so more talk about the family. So, okay, what stood out to me was the ace. Nine eight four, which okay. at first I thought that was supposed to represent the family, like the people in the family. But nineteen eighty four is a date. Big Brother. It's Julie Chen Moonves. Oh my god! Could you imagine? That is a great clue. If that would have been the end result, I would have been so proud. I mean, of you. it's not. It's just that Kelly Osborne. Spoiler alert: Who's the ladybug? Was born in nineteen eighty four. Right. I see. I only noticed the four, and I was like, four of (laughs) spades. I was like, four of clubs. And it was the four of clubs, but in my notes are with spades, like a dummy. It's like, what could this mean? Is it David Spade? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it can't be David Spade. He's not that talented. I'm like, does David Spade have any talented children? Is he involved in drama? I was like, is it James Spade? So that I just zeroed on Spade and went the complete wrong direction. So. You got there. You got better clues out of yours than I did of mine. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, we knew this was somebody from a famous, famous family. So I assumed it was mm-hmm. some type of daughter of a famous family. Like that was my guess. Um, but I didn't have I mean, there was nothing specific really about these clues, especially the no. audio clues. Useless. <laughs> Very useless. Yeah, I had uh, they were doing makeup. I had that in my notes and then the four of spades. And then beyond that, I didn't have much. But I was also coming into this with that one guess of Ashley Simpson from the way beginning of the the uh, season. I was like, well, that's all I really have because the ladybug for me and the tree are the two that I didn't really have any kind of hard, concrete guesses on. Um, but then we get into the performance. It's uh, Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer. And there's a horse carousel and 
overall, Liana, if I'm being honest, this sounded kind of karaoke-ish to me. I didn't really think it was great. I felt like the background music was hitting harder than the vocals. And what I mean by that is that it felt like I could, I noticed the background music and the beat more than I did the audio and the vocals, which I usually is the other way around. Right. And then the, I feel like the backup dancers were just all over the map and I didn't know what they were doing. They were just being like, they were just freestyling and it felt like the backup dancers were just doing whatever they could to liven up the performance. Like this was a very, very meh performance for me yeah. ultimately well i think you and i predicted that we thought that the ladybug was gonna go this episode just based on mm-hmm. what we've seen thus far from all of the performers uh so you know i i wasn't like super surprised yeah i thought i i wrote singing was okay <laughs> apparently that was my <laughs> thought what i wrote more notes on was the backup dancers so my notes <laughs> include the backup dancers dot 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 question mark Carousel horses with dudes in suspenders careening over, doing some weird marching thing in the background, <laughs> living their best life. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. I was very distracted by them because um, I didn't understand. There were like four carousel horses, but only two backup dancers. I never saw them go to the back ones. I don't know why they were on carousel horses in the first place. Maybe this is something from the five seconds of summer, like the the, um, the music video from them. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, well, interesting. You bring up the music video thing again, because last week we saw the ladybug thrust Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that, well, in the music video for Lizzo's song, they're like doing athletic stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like a, like an eighties workout, but then the ladybug thrust it again. I'm like, is there something to do with the five seconds of summer thrusting? So I don't know. And ultimately I think this is just what the ladybug likes to do. Yeah. I mean, you go girl. Uh, <laughs> do your thing do your thing but yeah i mean ugh, again this was i think the weakest performance of the bunch and i i wasn't surprised and you can tell like you said the judges don't really give negative feedback or or, or no. even constructive criticism but all the comments had nothing to do with the singing it was you're so full of energy you have great energy really connected with what you are singing <laughs> you know like none of that actually has anything to do with her singing quality whereas the others they'll say oh great range you know blah 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 whatever um so i think that's also indicative of how they truly feel about the singing <laughs> Which, to be fair, again, like she can sing probably better than I can. Okay, so again, we're just comparing to literally professional singers <laughs> and Patty Labelle. I mean, she's a professional singer, but you know, she's never taken a formal voice lesson. Also, the flower, aka Patty Labelle, is Patty Labelle. So, yeah, we're background uh, quarterbacking here. Doesn't really count for anything. <laughs> we haven't had a Super Wait, Bowl back- appearance. So, is background quarterbacking like Monday? It was. I think I was meant to. But I like- wanted to say backseat driving or you know like couch quarterbacking, and then I mixed three things together, and that's what I came up with. Uh, not the sharpest yeah. marble in the barrel. <laughs> no, no, not the neatest marker in the pencil case okay yes um so liana i have a question for you because i don't really quite get this insult when triumph says the you're full of energy not like the fake dr ken kind what does that mean um i okay so i assume it means that either ken jong is like putting on airs that he's has energy or it's a drug joke potentially Ah, um i see that like 
I, I, I don't know. I, Fake energy? Yeah, I don't know. This one was, again, one of the more misses for me from Triumph. Okay. Also, sorry, quick quick comment. In the five seconds yes. of summer music video, I cannot see a carousel anywhere. So this must have been just some creative art direction that was chosen, <laughs> independent of inspiration of this video. Now, do you see any thrusting? Yes. So that oh. might be inspired by this. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe maybe the songs were all linked together by this one common denominator. I don't know. Um, so, Liana, I want to put out a theory of what they could do, right? So we're looking at all these background dancers doing weird things. We've discussed at length about how we are pretty sure at this point that the Super Bowl appearances are just that. They're not, you know, football players that could be performing at the halftime, the national anthem. What if... One of these seasons, Left Shark ends up being one of these performers. How would you feel about that? Because I, I I feel like we need to find a way to have Left Shark back in our lives. Left Shark is going to be the guest next week. Didn't you see? <sighs> no, but thanks for the spoilers. No, though. Left Shark should be just like chilling in the audience with all the, the dancing audience members. Mm, like Nick Cannon goes, they pan to Nick Cannon and Left Shark just... Yeah. Throwing down to one of the Rottweilers tunes. Which I will say, I think one of my favorite things is just panning to the audience and then all of a sudden it's Nick Cannon, but you can't really tell because it's like poorly lit and it's the audience. And it's like, who's that guy? Like, oh God, it's Nick Cannon. How did he make it all the way into the middle of the crowd? Yeah, I wonder if like during when they cut for a commercial, quote unquote, Nick Cannon like starts walking around and be like, okay, you are going to dance and I'm going to dance next to you. All right, cool, cool. Like he picks them out or do they randomly say, hey, Nick Cannon, go to uh, aisle C row four and just stand there for a little I bit. Know. I don't know. Well, we'll maybe we'll know one day. Maybe at some point Nick Cannon will do an AMA, but I don't know. We got to get someone to go to a taping. Yeah. Hey, all I mean, listeners, get out there. <laughs> <laughs> do this, please. Um, and then let's see. So the physical clue was the golf cart all access. Like, I, st- I mean, I guess I could Google Kelly Osborne golf cart all access and try to figure out what that means. But yeah, I like I got nothing. Also, I just want to take this as an opportunity to mention that the physical clue song slaps and it's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> OK, I'm done. Yeah, you're, you're a big fan of that hip hop instrumental 78. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm low key over it, but I'm not going to steal your shine. It's you. a good song. A great song. The um, so just to quickly go through the judges' guesses before we move on, uh, Triumph had a Nicki Minaj Olsen twins hybrid guess, which I don't think any of them were meant to be taken seriously. Nicole went with Jamie Lynn Spears, and then Ken and Robin both said Lindsay Lohan, and Jenny said Paris Jackson. Which, by the way, they end up keeping these exact same guesses for the final guess. Spoiler alert! Uh, my favorite thing about the Ladybug was every time. Someone said Lindsay Lohan. The ladybug got mad. And that was pretty funny. to Yeah, me. which is funny now that it's that. Kelly Osbourne. Like, it makes sense. <laughs> right. Very much so. Like, imagine it's like the last thing you'd want them to guess. What is that I see? Oh, it's a flower about to blossom. Let's talk about the flower, Liana. <laughs> <laughs> These segues aren't great. I've told you. I, that reminds me. Um, what's that in the corner? I, the song from Mulan. Who's that oh, girl I uh, see or whatever? Who is the girl I see? I see standing yeah. I, <laughs> I thought you were making a reference to what's that coming over the hill? Is it a monster? Like the monster. Which, right, exactly. Okay. 
But yeah. So Patty LaBelle uh, <laughs> was there, and no one cares about the clue package. It's pretty useless. It was a thing about Dreamgirls. It was in black and white parts of it. Uh, here we are. Yeah. I'm still an introvert. And then there was an I Will Survive at the very end. Again, I think the Dreamgirls was meant to throw them off completely. And we are at that stage now where if there's any clue that's just super like on the nose, you can completely remove that person from contention. Like if I was unsure who the flower is, I would immediately be like, well, it's no one that's done anything to do with dream girl. So delete all those guesses and move on is how I felt. Yeah. I mean, the fact, I mean, I, I don't know. It kind of like puts you at the same amount, like the same time. Right. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. like dream girls, which is based off the Supremes, which, okay. You know, it's not Diana Ross, but it's like, close you know they're like i don't know i call them associated acts they're like related because and it puts you in the right time frame so again i don't know whether or not this is supposed to be oh i'm throwing you off but it's still giving you like some bit of a clue whatever it's patty labelle it's well liana as the uh the number one patty labelle aficionado on this podcast um tell us about the performance what did you think of this yeah so i was not familiar with this song it was amazed by lone star um i'd never heard of it before so i don't know if that if i should be embarrassed or not i don't care so but i thought this is a good opportunity for her to show off her range and to show something else although i was still a little bit meh about the whole thing and i don't know if that was because of the romeo and juliet dancers that were in the background like just i mean it wasn't as bad as the ladybug backup dancers but the fact that in the end of the performance when those dancers fell off the back of the prop which they were up on this um how would you describe that thing it was sort of just like a like a humpty dumpty wall type thing (laughs) it's like a castle wall kind of thing yeah okay so they fall off the back and which I don't by the way I don't know if there's supposed to be a Romeo and Juliet but for some reason I got that maybe from the clue package was that something that was from that it's like a gardeny thing whatever anyway they fell off the back of the prop and there was this explosion of confetti and that was the most excited I was about the performance I was like whoa (laughs) so I don't know what that says about the performance I don't know what that says about me I think uh, I think the flower needs to be judicious about what song choices she goes with because I think that you know now that we have such strong performances i think it's really going to start making a difference um and i think she's completely capable of getting to the end but i think she needs to think about what's like this matters <laughs> this is all pre-recorded <laughs> liana liana's like giving them advice like Look, you're one patty of their jo- like one of their coaches let me tell you patty <laughs> <laughs> all right patty you got for this next round you got to go in got to give them a right hook and then maybe do like a hip-hop thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> You're really invested in the the Patty LaBelle the flower. Well. <laughs> I know. You, I feel you had the same feelings about the bee last year. <sighs> Love Gladys Knight. I also didn't really feel like. I mean, I think I made it clear how I feel about these performances last week. Where I I would love if they're all like well rounded and they got a little bit of everything to offer, kind of like a Neapolitan performance. But this had elements, but they didn't match. I thought. The the Romeo Juliet dancers felt like they were doing whatever they want. They were like at some points dancing in front of the flower and like making rounds around the flower. And at one point they did this move where I was like, are they dabbing? Like this is not the performance to dab in. I'm sure they weren't, but the hand motion looked as such. And it, it just the, the dancing in front of the performer for me, it kind of feels like they're trying to outshine the flower, which I know they're not. I'm I'm sure this was like 
picked and the choreography and stuff was like rehearsed. Like they knew what was happening. Like this isn't a freestyle, but I didn't enjoy that aspect. To me, it took away from the flowers performance. However, if I close my eyes and just listen to this performance, definitely top tier performance. Mm -hmm. Right. So I will give it that the singing was on point, but as far as the dancing for me, didn't match the song, didn't match the ambiance that I thought it was going to should be giving and a little bit more variety, mm-hmm. a little bit more something, something for the uh, future performances, hopefully, which I'm honestly not going to be worried about. I think the flower is going to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel confident in that. And we'll just have to wait and see when the flower gets their next chance to bloom. Yeah, I uh, I definitely think that she'll be around for a little while. So I think we'll get to see um, more performances because we go down. So I, I don't. Is it next week? So next week we get the, the last batch that we got. So we'll get the leopard squad. Just the um, four. They're five still, right? No, they are four. Yeah, I so I think we're going to go down to three on each side. Then we're going to make it six in one episode. So that like everyone's going to come together in two weeks is how I think it's going to go down Okay, in two weeks. So I know that they're going to start dub- they're going to start doing um, there's like a Tuesday, Wednesday where there's going to be a couple episodes. Um, oh. So like none of this is confirmed. Yeah, this is because and also there's not going to be a new episode because of American Thanksgiving. Yes. So I think we're getting an episode next week. Then we have a week off. Then we have another episode. And then, yeah, maybe like you said, then we'll have the top six all come together. But I digress. Yeah, that would make the most sense to go back to the uh, the flower and the uh, the guesses put forth. Robin Thicke, Liana is of the same mind as you, said Patty LaBelle. Jenny McCarthy went with Anita Baker, which honestly, not the worst guess that um, Jenny McCarthy's put out there by any stretch of the imagination. Ken, can you guess what Ken said? I don't remember. Bjork. Oh, yeah. Because of course, of course Ken did. He's like quadrupling down on Bjork at this point. And I honestly, it just comes down to Ken knows what his role is here. He's just there to be funny. Sometimes that involves beating a joke over your head a billion times, even when it's not going to land. But some people do enjoy it. So I'm not going to take away from that. And then the physical clue was a deck of cards. Oh, yeah. Which then I was half expecting somebody to be like, oh, it's Kenny Rogers. Because <laughs> you know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I um so the first time I learned about Kenny Rogers was because in my town in um the UAE where I lived, they opened a Kenny Rogers chicken place. And I was like, who is this guy? Is he like Colonel Sanders? Like I didn't know. And then it wasn't until years later that I Googled him I'm like, oh, it's not a fast food mascot. It's a real person. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm reading it. <laughs> Kenny Rogers Roasters is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh my god! It's a chain of chicken-based restaurants founded in 1991 by Kenny Rogers and former KFC CEO. Oh, oh my what? god! Who's now the governor the of the U.S. state of Kentucky? Not Kenny Rogers, that, the CEO. The CEO? <laughs> really? The CEO is the... What? Oh, this is an interesting turn of events. We should get that guy on the mass Singer. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Rogers or the KFC CEO governor guy? The KFC CEO <laughs> governor guy. And is it is it acceptable if I just call him the colonel? Because I think that's only Yeah, fair. but I don't think he's like the official colonel. 
No, of course. Oh, yeah. That, Kenny Rogers Roasters expansion to UAE happened in June 2015. Oh, 2015? No, it would have been, been earlier. I mean, it shut down before 2015. I can tell you that. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they reopened in 2015 because I haven't been there since then. Yeah, maybe. So, okay. Maybe. Huh. Okay. Kenny Rogers. Know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Oh, and he knew when to fold them because the company entered Chapter 11 bankruptcy in March 1998. <laughs> <laughs> At least he follows his own advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. All right. So let's make like KFC and move on. <laughs> no, let's uh, let's shake shake it like KFC. Oh, do they have shake and bake chicken? What? Is that a thing? That's a different thing. I think thing. that was like a promo at some point, was it? I don't know. <laughs> What's KFC known for? Are they the 23 herbs and spices? Or is that... Not 11! We're 23? Dr. Dr. Pepper's the one with 23. Wait. Herbs and spices? <laughs> no, but the flavors. It's 23 flavors, oh. right? Yeah, 23 flavors of Dr. Pepper. Oh, they're all <laughs> 23 bad. 23 herbs and spices of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Like I was like, KFC's never had chicken that well seasoned ever. Oh, okay, all right, let's let's move on. All right, let's make like KFC and move on. We're gonna talk about the tree. What did you think of the tree? Uh, okay, so the tree is the uh, one of the remaining contestants that I'm super interested in. And I actually want to see more of because I don't know who this person is, but I feel like I'm getting close because now that I figured out that the physical clues are actually a thing, I focused in on the tree steps on a playbill, which says blank, but it's got three pennies on it. And there's also a flag of Chicago. Okay, so those are the two things that I noticed. So what I did was I... <laughs> Very astutely oh, no. Googled three pennies playbill and the three penny opera came up. Okay. What is that? Okay. So it was a play um, that was adapted from an opera. Uh, it's a socialist critique of the capitalist world. It opened in August of 1928. So I don't think any of the original oh, cast is God. there, but it could be a remake. And when I did some Googling, like I said, a.k.a. read the Wikipedia page. Apparently, um, in Illinois. Wait, let me find it. I had it somewhere. Uh, it was Illinois. when it was revived. Revivals. Do, 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 United States. Okay. In 1946, four performances of the work were given at University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign, which is close to Chicago. So... So who? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's someone. I think it's someone who's been in this play though, because that's such a like clear clue. And in 1989, a Broadway production billed as the Three Penny Opera, uh, Three Penny on Broadway. So, are you sure that? What if they were nickels? I know what a penny looks like. I, that's fair. Pennies in the we United pennies States. Pennies are different time. colors. Than all the other coins. All the other coins are silver. Pennies are like a copper color. Well, they were also like that in Canada. Yeah, but then I don't understand why. <laughs> I guess like I'm, I'm just confused because I don't, I don't understand it. But I imagine that the googling you've done leads this way. Okay, well, some of the people that were involved in the play, and so I don't know. Cindy Lauper was there, which I don't know if that ties into the Fox and Kinky Boots somehow. Um, <laughs> but there was a woman, uh, Anna Gasteyer. 
Okay. So she is okay. She was on Saturday Night Live. She was in a number of different sitcoms. She has performed on Broadway, and get Ooh. get this. Yes, she was in the Seinfeld episode, the Soup Nazi, and her clue <gasps> was soup. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yes, she was one of the customers of the Soup Nazi. That is such a tiny clue. I don't totally... know if that's real, but I feel like I just I am Detective Dean here, and I just cracked the code. <laughs> is your mind My blown? Mind though is blown. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of chance because I just watched the episode not that long ago to like really dig mm-hmm. into this. But from my cursory googling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're this he- could be Liana, the case. I I just Wikipedia'd her as well. She was in Mean Girl. <gasps> That fits because didn't I think it was what's her face? Yeah, yeah, because she had the the I'm a cool mom. She played Betsy Heron, who would have been Lindsay Lohan's mom. <gasps> Lindsay Lohan. Who is it's Kelly mom. Osborne? <laughs> <laughs> the tree is the ladybug. Yeah. Thank you, okay, everyone. Well, and do good we night. know if she was on Strangers with Candy? Strangers is that a that's a movie? No, it's a TV. Not no, it's a, t- it's a TV show with Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris also has a new TV show, um, talking something with T Bird. No, not talking with T Bird. <laughs> um, uh, I don't see that on their filmography. Ah, okay, interesting. Yes, because it could it could be Amy Sedaris's new show, which I can't remember, but I definitely watched a little bit of. Hmm. Okay, once. well, this might be like breaking news on live discovery of a potential new front runner for the guess. I think. Yeah, I think we I think we need to dig into this a little bit more, but that's my current guess. I mean, to be honest, look, just giving a quick glance at her wiki, I don't would have not really known her from any other of her body of work. So this is a case for Detective Liana Boris. Is she from Chicago? Oh, no, she's from Washington. Uh, oh, she went DC. to Northwestern, though. And that's in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, Liana, what did you think of the song performance No Excuses by Megan Trainer by The Trainer? Well, Puya, I thought that it was a very strong <laughs> performance, and I thought that uh, Robin Thicke's comment about she's a really strong, strong singer is super apt. And I, I, I the tree is growing on me. and i just like the way her costume moves there's something fun about it um so i hope that she's in the competition longer i'm i'm a little worried if she goes up against some of the other really strong singers like the flamingo or the um butterfly uh but i'm really liking what i'm seeing from her she seems really fun and like i said is a really strong singer i think that the tree has attitude and we saw it come out in this performance. I definitely liked the song choice. I liked the the entrance onto the stage from the crowd. And it looked like, you know, I got this very confident performance. The tree for me is probably the, I'm the most surprised by what I've been getting from mm-hmm. the tree. Cause I definitely feel like I thought the costume was budget to start this mm-hmm. season. And I was, you know, quickly told that you're wrong. Is how I felt. Same thing with the Flamingo. I had like a similar vibe. I do agree with you. I think that when we get to the tree making, let's say, the final six, the tree is in a good spot to be the first one out from the final six. Like I could see that, but I'm ready to be surprised continuously. So I could definitely see the tree growing and growing and growing until it's a big tree that no one can take down. Yeah, I got to check those rings, see how old it is. 
or whatever. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how trees work. Yeah, well, let's let's branch out and talk about the uh, the judges' guesses here. So Nicole Scherzinger went with Amy Sedaris. Jenny McCarthy went with Molly Shannon. Ken Jeong with probably okay. So for all the the smack I talk about Ken Jeong and him like just making the worst guesses, this was a guess that I think is incorrect. But at least there was some citations with it. So he guesses Lauren Graham and. He cites that she did Broadway and she was in a Christmas, not Christmas movie. He said his favorite Christmas movie of Bad Santa. I was like, okay, you're trying, you know, good on you. You're doing some work. And then Robin Thicke saw the bowl of soup and said Rachel Ray again, which I, at this point, Rachel Ray is the new Sherry Shepard and they need to get Rachel Ray on this show. Well, now. it's just if anybody does any type of food cooking stuff, then they <laughs> end up being that person. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like we're bearing the lead a little bit with the, well, Never mind. We're not bearing the leaks. We already talked about it. But the physical clue being the bowl of soup. So before I started doing my research, because I was confused about this situation, like I had to go back and rewatch the clue package to get the the playbill. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I first saw the bowl, bowl of soup, um, of course, my first thought is, oh, my God, it's Mike Bloom. <laughs> it's Mike. I mean, it is a very B&B strong clue. Right. It is. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, Mike Bloom obviously uh, asked all of the Survivor contestants this year if they could be a super type suit. <laughs> they would be from the B&B. Um, and I have a text to read from you from one Mike Bloom. OK. Oh, my God. Amazing. Okay, This is what he yes, said. Please. And I quote, oh, my God, the soup in all caps. <laughs> So that was Mike. And then I responded, the tree is us. And then he was like, we solved it. So pretty much figured it out. So if it's not, uh, if it's not Anna Gasteyer, then it's definitely it's Mike, Mike and Bloom. I stacked on top of each other, like a uh, Vincent adult man type situation. Um, well, I wish I would have thought of you guys when I saw the bowl of soup. However, I immediately thought of the show, the soup, which was hosted by Joel McHale. And I was like, could it be Joel McHale? Obviously, it couldn't be Joel McHale. But how good would Joel McHale be as a contestant on this show? I think very. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty fun. I thought I thought that too, um, the soup. But then I was like, well, they don't really. I mean, they have guests that would pop in and stuff. But it's not like they mm-hmm. really interviewed people. So, yeah. Right. I mean, it all comes down to this thing of the some of these clues need to be just enough of a like, OK, how do I how do I put this? Liana, do you watch sports? OK, yes. Okay, so do you watch football? Yes. All right. So you've watched the Super Bowl on TV Ah, before? Soup, Super Bowl. There you go. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it almost has to just barely scratch the surface and it's a valid clue now. So I wouldn't put it past them if someone like was in the audience of one soup filming like way back when. And that's enough for that to be a clue here. Very true. Um, Now, before we move on to the next performer, we're going to take a second, pause and get a word in from our sponsors. All right, we're back at it again with another performance. Damn, Daniel. (laughs) Back at it again with another performance. (laughs) And who better to raise the roof for than the Rottweiler? Woot, woot. Okay, so this is a situation where I I am now just cross-referencing every clue I see with Chris Daughtry because... It totally makes sense. And everything that gets said and in the clue just really seems to fit. So North Carolina, first of all, totally makes sense. The um, 
uh, non-traditional way of getting into showbiz makes sense. Plus with all the other clues, it's like one of those things where it's getting to Patti LaBelle status for me, where it's like, all right, wrap it up. We got it. Yeah. And if you, if you've been a fan of Chris Daughtry, we've been new from episode one mm-hmm. with the, uh, the daughters. And then we had the, uh, the four dogs in the dog show last week, which was also very telling. And I think the uh, physical clue was also very telling Cause if you follow him on the gram, you will see him, doing some drawings here and there drawings. I'm just happy if it's Chris Daughtry. Okay. So another thing I want to say is that if we get to a point where any of these people get unmasked and it's not someone who we've been certain with, I would be delighted. Even though I would be kind of sad, I would be delighted because I'm here to get fooled. But when I don't get fooled and it's someone I like, I love it. And Liana, I love the Rottweiler. Well, Puya, so much. I also like the Rottweiler. Not as much as you, though. Uh, but I loved, loved, loved this performance. And you know what? Part of it is because there were no backup dancers to distract me. I had to focus yeah. on the Rottweiler. But he can command a stage. And I think all of that is just from his experience, you know, performing. And uh, and some of those high notes, whew, like that was really impressive. I think you would really enjoy Chris Daughtry's discography. I think you should check it okay, out. Okay, all right. I'll add that to my list. Yeah, they're very good stuff. Uh, the the uh, Rottweiler performed Castle on a Hill by Ed Sheeran. Uh, Leona, you're a big Ed Sheeran fan, I hear, Ugh, right? love Ed Sheeran. Of course, of course, of <laughs> course. Yeah, the, I also have in my notes, ooh, just vocals and no production this time, which I liked, even though, you know, I've, I've been a bit very vocal about, like, I want, like, all the things. I've already seen the Rottweiler do all the things and do them well. So to kind of take it back and just focus on his voice was the perfect choice. And also, I like the use of the floor because the floor was kind of like the highway or the street. Um, And then the background was kind of like also the street. So I thought that was a great um, addition into the show. And honestly, though, I will say this. I don't think it's the best Rottweiler performance we've had. I don't think this is it's a very good performance. But I think the Rottweiler has set a such a big standard for me that I didn't think this was their best performance thus far. Yeah, I mean, maybe that goes into the performance element, because I actually thought this is probably one of the stronger vocal performances that I'd seen from the Rottweiler. So I actually really liked this. <laughs> but maybe that yeah. also goes back to our two different judging criteria. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean... After this week, I mean, when we go into the top eight, everybody's super solid. And I think it is going to come down to song choice. And so making a decision to go with something that really highlights your vocals versus having something that's more of a performance, you know, what really is the good decision there? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a very, it's going to be a bloodbath, honestly. And this was probably the closest to Chris Daughtry's wheelhouse with like a bit more of a classic rock um uh, vocal performance i'm excited to see where we go from here but yeah it's gonna come down to song choice and it's gonna come down to audience connection because they're the only people voting is the people they're live so if they're vibing with what you're putting down then you're in a good spot and if they're not uh sorry to say you're gonna be in trouble mm-hmm. so then would you like to talk about triumph the insult comic dog here and the interaction <laughs> with the rottweiler uh oh as uh yes as the proclaimed <laughs> father of the rottweiler because triumph the insult comic dog walked out on the rottweiler's mom which is so yeah, sad. and in his defense because he was an ugly the rottweiler baby. was an ugly baby <laughs> which immediately all i could think of is what is he the fox's baby oh that yeah the fox's baby is really ugly um that's very true yeah this is the best performance of the entire show that was one of the quotes from the judges 
thoughts. <laughs> really? Respectfully disagree. And I'm pretty sure Nicole Scherzinger did that, said that. But she was crying too. Like you're cheating yeah, but- on the thingamajig with the Rottweiler girl. <laughs> How dare you, Nicole? They're going to meet eventually, Nicole. I mean, maybe, maybe not. One of them would have to leave before the final six. And let's just say, I hope that doesn't happen. I Again, like, I didn't think this was the best of the season. Not by a long shot. But also, that kind of bear, makes me want to ask you the question of, who do you think, which performance has been the best of the season so far for you? Uh, overall, what performance? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty moved by the thingamajigs, two per, like, first two performances. I thought those were really good. I mm. thought the butterfly, the butterfly had one that I think I really liked. I mean, obviously, the ice cream doing Old Town Road was clearly my favorite. I just think you're biased on that one. <laughs> Being a big Fortnite fan and all. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're saying that, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the um, it was the second thingamajig performance for me that really, like, did it. Um, and the other one was, I think, the Rottweiler's first performance I really did enjoy. Mm-hmm. And the Leopards... Um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T Smackdown moment was a honorable mention. Sure. Just put it out sure. there. I know you agree. Anyways, so we'll go to the guesses. Ken Jong says Gavin DeGraw. Nicole Scherzinger says Darren Chris. Jenny McCarthy with the worst guess of the episode of James Franco. Uh, does he have anything better to do right now? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, mean, I could see it. <laughs> I mean, unless Pineapple Express 2 comes out. But here's the thing. When Jenny McCarthy makes a guess like this based on the one physical clue we saw, which was a drawn portrait of triumph, it makes me think, are you just throwing away all the other clues you've seen so far? Are you connecting them to those clues? Do I have to go back and see how you connected those dots? It just seemed very odd to say James Franco out of nowhere. And the one thing I will say about the Rottweiler is that they did the thing. They did the character, the extra with the... um you know, pam, uh, pandering to triumph with the, with the portrait and then saying like, you know, get, you know, it's for my dad. And, you know, I drew this for you. If you would sign it for a fellow pup slash your son, that's playing into the extra. I think that works with the audience. Well, not that they needed it. The vocals are great, but these things help. I really do think they help. Yeah, that was cute. I, I love Gavin DeGraw. I wish it was Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> I mean, no, sorry, like no, sh- no shade. I might really like Gavin DeGraw. So, I, I, I feel like I said Gavin DeGraw at the start of my talking. Out. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, I love Gavin DeGraw. By the way, I do. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of Gavin DeGraw, I think of the opening theme song to One Tree Hill. Okay. Yeah, that's a fun fact for you to take home. <laughs> Anyways, not fun, but. What is fun is the vote reveal. Take it off. Take it off. With the lowest votes, we have the Ladybug, which isn't really an announcement because we have talked at length about who the Ladybug is so far. And I mentioned the final guesses were the exact same. So Jenny McCarthy went with Paris, Ken and Robin, and Triumph went with Lindsay, and Nicole Scherzinger went with Jamie Lynn Spears. And it's Kelly Osborne. Now, after these unmaskings we get the little chiron on the bottom that explains some of the clues that we may have missed or that we noticed and they're going to remind us of uh walk me through these please and what do you think about what we learned about kelly osborne 
Okay, well, in retrospect, it did make sense when you tried to put the pieces together. So born into a famous family, that makes sense. Drama, that makes sense. Um, I thought there would have been maybe like more references to the the TV show, the reality show. Um, and there, the, the best host award was referencing her, whatever, who cares? The one clue that pissed me off, like none other, okay? And I kid you not, this was the actual clue, okay? If you missed it, don't go back and look at it because it was garbage. It said the baseball bat, which was shown in her clue package, is a reference to Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off a bat. A baseball <laughs> bat is a reference to Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off a bat. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> How is that? That's not a thing. Like that's that's like the Super Bowl appearances all over again. That's so stupid. this is why I feel like we're in a dangerous territory with the mass singer because it's supposed to be a ridiculous fun show and it is but I want the clues to not be ridiculous No, you know what it's like it's like oh oh there's a pocket protector with pens in the clue package oh you know why because that is an office supply you know what else is an office supply a notebook guess who is in the notebook whatever actor who is in the notebook and they're on the masking that's what this is like it's stupid oh god it just like it makes me so mad it's like okay this is this is peanut butter okay peanut butter you know what peanut butter goes well with jelly you know what jelly is also similar to jam and this is space, space jam it's yes, michael exactly. jordan exactly thank you oh. <laughs> whatever yeah it's it's just like the first time we talked about the show and we joked about how we could connect things to wayne brady and now that's come full circle and any little word you can word associate, take backwards, walk around with until you hit a destination. And that's how this baseball one felt. And I think if I am reading this correctly, your beef isn't with the clues. Your beef is with this particular clue being what was shown and being like the reasoning behind it. Because there were clues that made sense. My there my were clues problem that made sense. is with this clue, shown or not. Yeah, specifically. Yes, because like, is this really seriously? First of all, the clue that you're going to choose, and don't try to play me and say this is like a legit clue. This feels like they didn't. You couldn't have gone with the fact that 1984, which was shown in the cards, that's the year she was born. That's more of a clue. How right. is this a clue? This is not a clue. This doesn't count. That's not fair. It's somehow not fair. It's tell me it's not yeah. fair. <laughs> well, the other thing is like. You know, you said, um, what's it called? What were the cards on the table? That's what I'm saying. It was the Ace the Ace 984, which is when she was born, 1984. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the other thing I noticed, the li- I remember last week with the limelight and the lime attached from the ceiling? Mm-hmm. I, after Googling Kelly Osborne post-episode, she battled with Lyme disease. Now, I can't tell if the lime was meant to be... <laughs> Pointing out that or like, you know, fame and the limelight. So That's so dumb. OK, but let's look back. OK, so the baseball bat, the yeah. other things that were with the baseball bat were a cop car. So she pays her taxes, which funds the police done <laughs> uh, a pumpkin. She one time participated in Halloween pumpkin carving done bridges she drove over a bridge once done Burnt a few. <laughs> yeah, like skull has one done. Scorpion one time went to Arizona. Done. Ham hock ate ham. Done. This is stupid. 
whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've spent so much energy being mad about this. It's really embarrassing. I, I and let me tell you, your your pain definitely is translating via audio right now to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry the show did this it's to okay. you. Okay. I'll get over it. Well, let's hope they do better next week when we revisit our um beloved four, which let's see. So who are the four there? So the thingamajig, the butterfly, the leopard, and who's the fourth so, there? Oh, the flamingo. So there of course. was a preview that apparently was out, then was taken down, where it's going to be the flamingo, the leopard, the rottweiler, and the flower. What? Yeah, so they're going to mix up the groups. Can you repeat the four? Yeah, okay. Flamingo, leopard, rottweiler, and flower. I don't like that at all. Why are we doing this? But it might be clips from just multiple episodes and not just the one. Mm. Um... So I I don't know. They could they could be mixing it up. So we don't know for sure. Okay. I mean Oof. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. I mean, I guess we are at that point now where everyone has a chance of winning and everyone someone has to go every week. So, I'm going to be sad about whoever goes next anyways, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just truly not ready to say goodbye to some of my team and the one person who I might be bo- like might you know be smart enough to also agree and say is the weakest the leopard i do think the leopard's gonna go next week no matter how you spin it well i think the question really though is if the leopard is going to continue to be putting on the voice thing yeah exactly because if if it's truly seal they have to stop and start singing seal has to start at some point yeah yeah i agree i think that the first week was a bit of a scare, right? Because the leopard ended up in the SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But now that the leopards made it this far, I do think now is time to flip the script on them and throw everything they thought they knew out the window and really go for the crown. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, so, Liana, I have some questions that we received about this episode that I'm going to ask you. Okay. So first and foremost... Does the winner get an actual prize this season or just that dinky trophy? Probably just the dinky trophy. Let's be real. (laughs) If they do. okay, I'm sure that they get paid to do the show. Right. Yeah. But I I don't think there's any type of prize for it. Just the dinky trophy. And maybe they get to keep their costume. I don't know. That could be like a cool piece of memorabilia. I think they should. They've earned it. They put their sweat into it. So it's theirs. It belongs to them. I I would like if I if MTV did MTV Cribs and they went to T Pain's house and that costume isn't in a glass case, I will be very upset. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, yeah, so that should be a thing. And yeah, it's going to be the trophy plus appearance fee, which honestly begs the question of why are you trying to win this trophy? But I think more than anything, you're getting the, that TV time and you're getting the uh, the appreciation of your voice, which is always important. Should they have a season where everyone is Jamie Foxx? What do you think of the fact that no matter what happens and what clues pop up and how we spin it, the minute they hear some vocals, it's Jamie Foxx. Especially if you're Jenny McCarthy, it's Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that seems to be uh, the common guess from her, which makes me want, like I, I don't know, put Jamie Foxx in the audience, bring him as a guest judge or something to get this to stop. I figured out it was Kelly. Because of the people playing Jax in the clue package. Bracket, a clue to Kelly's brother, Jack. 
What have been subtle get- clues that either of you have picked up on throughout both seasons that didn't end up getting explained, but which helped? You? Well, obviously, the fact that the baseball bat is a reference to Ozzy Osbourne biting the head <laughs> off of a bat. God. I should have probably not pulled this question after the uh, the rant you just went on. The, if, okay, if I'm right about the tree, then that's a subtle mm-hmm. clue. I don't, I don't know if that one got explained. I'm trying to think of clues from the past. Oh my god, I don't I, remember. For me, I think the um the I don't remember exactly what it was, but I pretty much guessed Ninja from the jump with his clue package alone. And then the daughter thing Mm -hmm. is what I would probably hang my hat on. I think that's my proudest moment, if it's right. We'll see. Um, But, I mean, you could have played that clue package for me seven times, and I would have never connected the dots that they were playing Jack's, and Kelly's brother is named Jack. That would have never happened for me. So that is a very subtle clue Mm -hmm. to try. Yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense because that's the way the clues go. (laughs) Yeah. It's no baseball bat, but it'll Mm do. (laughs) <laughs> and then last one liana were the comments about rottweiler fox thingamajig and flamingo being the final four meant to throw us off when one of them unexpectedly goes early wait what was it rottweiler uh, they mentioned fox thingamajig flamingo and rottweiler being the final four who did um it was in the middle of i think it was right before the vote reveal and at the very end when the um the the rottweiler performed and they were like rottweiler is going to be in the finals there Along with oh, the thing yes, and the jig yes, and the yes, fox, yes, yes, and then Robin Thicke said, and the flamingo. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad final four. Like I could, I could see it playing out that way. Yeah, I mean this comment also mentions that this was the final four we came up with last week. So, oh. yeah. So if it happens, you know, we can hang our hat on that one too. That's a good one. I don't know. I think at this point we're gonna be upset when someone goes because i think there's a lot of unexpected sitting out there i do think at this point the tree could be in the final four i think the um uh i don't think the leopard i mean i maybe if the leopard continues to grab all the hearts like it has mine um but who am i forgetting from this week that i thought did really well as well Oh, the flower. How could I forget the flower? So I think you could honestly put any of those six, any mix of that six in there, and I could definitely see any of them being there. And the other ones are no slouches, like the butterfly could still be there. It's a very strong top eight for me. I think this is miles ahead of what last year was. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too, because I think we had really identified a top five. And then from there, it was sort of picking and choosing who was going to be in the top three. But I think we have a really solid top eight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, and then if we want to compare to last year and kind of see what lies ahead, I remember the lion being one of the bigger contenders to take it all. And then the lion didn't make it all the way through. Yeah, I thought I thought I really thought she was going to (laughs) win. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're going to have a lot of surprises and disappointments and excitement and happiness ahead of us. All the emotions and they'll kick off again next week with the uh, next batch of contestants. And that's when you'll hear from us again. Uh, Liana, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on social media at Liana Boris. Um, 
I am going to be covering Survivor on the B&B. Um, this week, we uh, have Jess McKenna as our guest. She's a really funny comedian. Um, Mike and I are planning some things that are related to Survivor, but don't necessarily tie into the episode. So, for example, we're doing The Price is Right, The Price is Rourke game. Um, and so I think we're going to try to, obviously, we're not going to shy away from everything that happened on Survivor, but I think we're also going to take this as an opportunity to just have some silly fun times. Um in, in addition to also speaking about all of the events that happened in the episode. And you can find me um, at Puyism on all major platforms. I will be here next week. That's what I'll be doing in between the two episodes is nothing. Just like Ken Jong's guesses. Nothing. Um, once again, thank you to everybody who rates and leaves reviews for us on our uh, iTunes page. You can find that at www.rafaswebsite.com slash mass singer. And on that note, You are all leopards. Thank you for tuning in, and we will unmask you next week. Take care. 